All right, praise the Lord. God is good. Did you come to receive today? All right, so what you're going to have to do for me here is uh, turn to somebody right now and say, I come to get it all today. See, sometimes you got to make a declaration of faith out your mouth. Come on, right? Hallelujah. I'm going to get it today. I'm going to get it today. Amen. I'm going to get it today. Now, I'm believing, as I said earlier, that we're going to leave this place different today. All right? And I believe that with all my heart. So today we're going to start in the book of Colossians, chapter 3, please. Colossians, chapter 3. And we have all year long been working through a, really in a sense, a series. There's been basically a series within a series, that kind of thing. But we've been talking about being overcomers because the Lord said for word of victory uh, this year that this is the year of the overcomer for us. Amen. God's causing us to overcome things. Amen. To conquer and prevail. And, and, and what we've been kind of in the last several weeks been talking about reigning in life uh, as kings, reigning in life as royalty. Amen. And what that means. And talked about the importance of receiving uh, the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Amen. And so we kind of spun off that a little bit last week talking about the law of the mind and why that is so important. Uh, and we primarily focused uh, last week on uh, the fact that, you know, if you're going to be constantly meditating on your failures, constantly meditating on your mistakes, constantly meditating on things that, that riddle you with guilt and shame, you, you're never going to move toward God. In fact, what happens in those, in those cases is you, you avoid God. All right? So we've been showing you the importance of really getting your mind set in the right places. Amen. Because if you want to conquer, then you better get your mind set in the right place. Amen. Now it's your choice. Amen. So real quick, if then you were raised with Christ. Anybody in here know Jesus? Amen. This is kind of where we closed off a little bit last week. But if you know Jesus, then it says if you were raised with Christ, then it tells us something. It gives us something to do. It says seek those things which are above. Amen. Engage your, your soul. Amen. Your mind, your will, your emotions. Engage, seek, go after. Amen. Those things which are above. Everybody say above. above. Now he clarifies this thing above. He says where Christ is. Where Christ is. Amen. Amen. Go after those things which are above where Christ is, amen, where the anointed one, his anointing, amen, where Christ is, seated right now at the right hand of God, amen. Go after those things, amen. Verse 2, please, amen. Set your mind on things above. Everybody say, set your mind. Set your mind on things above and not on things on the earth. Now, we were on earth. Come on. Now the word says that we're, we're aliens. You know, we're only here for a short season. We, you know, and then soon we get beamed up. Come on. We want to make sure everybody goes with. Come on, right? Amen. But uh, uh, for right now, we're on planet Earth, and we have to function on planet Earth. And God knows you're on planet Earth. Come on, somebody. God is not confused here. Come on. God understands where you are. He understands what's going on. He understands what you're dealing with. He understands the ins and outs of your life. He understands who's in your life and who isn't in your life. 
He knows who's with you and who ain't with you. He knows you're on planet Earth. Are you with me? So he knows you're on Earth, but he says you're not to set your mind on things of this Earth, but set your mind on higher things. So what happens is you kind of you start thinking about all this, and, and uh, then you start wondering, well, you know, if I'm on planet Earth, I got things I got to do. I mean, there's things I'm accountable for, things I'm responsible for, things that I got. You know, I mean, I got kids, I got, I got job, I got, I got church, I got this, I got that. Pretty soon you got this whole list of things, and before long you got your mind on everything on the Earth. And we think we're justified in it. But God says if you set your mind on things above, I'll take care of all this other stuff on the earth. Come on, I'll lead you and guide you and direct you on these things. Amen. Set your mind. Now, uh, Paul, uh, in fact, uh, you know, we kind of looked at it a little bit last week and, uh, out of, of Romans 7. He said he called it the law of the mind. And basically, when you break down the law of the mind, what is the, what is the principle, what is the, uh, the, the law, the principle of the mind? And what it means is this, okay? Attention determines direction, period. What you give your attention to determines direction in your life. That's how it works. It works for every human being on the planet, whether they know about it or not. What you dwell on, what you think about determines the direction in your life. That direction determines behavior, determines words, determines actions. Come on or the lack thereof. Come on now. That direction determines whether you're going to be sad, glad, mad. Hello, somebody. That direction determines whether you're going to be grateful or you're going to be offended. That direction determines whether you're going to choose the higher road or you're just going to do your own thing. Come on, somebody. That direction determines whether you're going to live by the moment or you're going to live based on principles, knowing days ahead, I'm, I got purpose, I got calling, I got a, a place I'm going. Amen. That determines all this. What you set your mind on determines direction in your life. Period. It works that way for everybody. Are you still with me? It works that way for all Christians. That works for everybody. But you get saved, it doesn't change it. It works for every preacher. It's a principle. It works for every elder. It works for my deacons. It works for my Sunday school teachers. For my helpers. Staff. It works. Listen. For leaders or non-leaders, it works for everybody. Attention determines direction. It will never change. It's the law of the mind. The law of gravity doesn't change for you. There's only one thing that overcomes the law of gravity. It's called the law of thrust. As soon as thrust is over, we find out the law of gravity still works. It still works. It doesn't matter who you are. It just worketh. Right? Shut the, shut the engine down. You're going down. Are you still with me? Because it's a law. It's a principle that works. This is no different. It's a law or a principle 
amen, of the mind, that what you set your mind on, what you choose to meditate on, what you choose to think about, what you choose to entertain your mind with determines a direction in your life. It works for everybody. Nobody's exempt. And just because you've heard it once don't mean you don't need to hear it again. Are you still with me? Well, you know, because sometimes you get talking about things like this and pretty soon think, well, I've already heard this sermon. Yeah, you probably need to hear it again. Come on. Now, remember, you're going to leave here different today. Smile real big at your neighbor and say, it's a good thing I came today. Amen. Woo! Okay, now let me give, let's give you a definition of this word set. Okay, go put up verse 2 again. So Colossians 3.2 says, set your mind. Okay, now how many know that's your choice, that's your decision, where you set your mind? Now, it'd be really cool. I just wish, you know, sometimes I wish, um, I don't know, I, I don't know how else to do it, but I, I, sometimes I wish I could just go up and just say, receive. <laughs> you know, they got phones now, you can, right, you can... Isn't it? That's way back. Maybe that's years ago now. But, uh, you know, they just tap a phone and they all the data from one jumps on the other. Come on, somebody. And I just wish sometimes we could just. Uh, I just that's all we do. We just have you come in the front door over here and we just make a road just like we do offering. I'd have you make sure to put the offering first because you get the offering going. <laughs> then I tap you on the head as you walk by. And I just let you go right on out the back door. Amen. It worketh. And we'd all think, woo! Fastest service I ever had, but boy, I feel edified. But how many know it don't work that way? I said, how many know it don't work that way? It's all about where you're going to set your mind. Amen. And so you could be sitting in here today and have your mind somewhere else. Wave at me if that's you. No, no. How much of truth? You know, you could be here, and the pastor man's going, and all you, all you hear is that. Remember that old uh, uh, wah, 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 wah? Was that old uh, Charlie Brown? Yeah, thank you. Wah, 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 wah. That's the truth, because you could have, you could be somewhere else. Your mind, you know, hanging out, you know, floating out there, man, doing great things or something. I don't know, but uh, you could shut me down, and uh, you know, it happens because it's where you determine to set your mind. You have to set your mind on things above and not on things of this earth. Now, the word set means to literally means to aim one's attention, to aim the mind. You have to aim your mind, okay? Now, you may not be real good at it. You might still be at a place where, you know, every little thought that comes, you just take it and it just dictates and controls. Or you could say, you know what? No, I'm going to take authority over that, and I'm going to determine what I'm going to think on. Amen. Now, remember, if you don't take every thought captive, those thoughts will take you captive. Are you still with me? It's a fact. Amen. You know, if you, uh, if you, uh, uh, you know, decide you want to think on things that make you mad, then you, then you end up on Grumble Alley. And you just stay mad all the time. If you want to, you know, if you want to think on things that offend, you know, people have offended you, and believe me, we've all been offended. Try that one more time. We've all been offended. There ain't anybody in the house, ain't nobody watching or listening by internet that hadn't been offended by somebody. Come on, we've all been offended, but you can determine whether you're going to think on that or not think on that. You could be grateful or you could be offended. 
Amen. You, there, there are things that happened to every one of us that, that, that were great and things that happened to every one of us that weren't so great. We've all been overlooked. We've all been taken advantage of. We've all had things that didn't quite go the way we'd love them to go, and they happen. No doubt about it. But if you decide that's what you want to sit and meditate on, then you end up on a road you've got no business being on. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here a little bit, but uh, you got to determine which road you're going to get on. Feel with me? You have to determine what kind of life you want to live. You have to determine what kind of life you want to live. That's your choice. All right, let's read verse 3 here. So everybody say, aim the mind. All right. He says, for you died. You made a decision to make Jesus Lord of your life. So the, the old you, amen, that whole thing in context he's talking about is that the old nature, that guy died. The old guy died. He says, but your life now, the life that you're called to is now hidden with Christ in God. That's why you put your mind on things above. You got to go after this life. Verse 4, we kind of defined some of this last week. It says, when Christ, who is our life, appears or manifests himself. That's all it means. It means to, to, be, uh, to, to be, you know, the cover pulled back and you're exposed. You see him, amen, for who he is. It says, then you also will appear with him in glory. And the word glory just means manifestation of his fullness. All right? So what's happening, we're saying is this. If you will just move toward him and set your mind on things above, he begins to be, amen, revealed. And who he is. And the more he's revealed in who he is, amen, the more then you begin to walk in that, amen, the more you then begin to walk with him in glory. Come on, somebody. It's not talking about someday in the sweet by and by because the next verse says, get your flesh under. So he didn't pause for station identification for this verse. The whole thing's dealing with right here because when you get to heaven, this just really isn't going to be necessary. You ain't going to have all them wandering thoughts. Hallelujah. Your flesh ain't going to give you fits in heaven. I thought there'd be some enthusiasm on that one. Your flesh isn't going to be giving you fits in heaven. You're not taking this old fleshly earth suit. Come on, somebody. You got a glorified body. Amen. Your mind ain't going to be this, you know, out of control, you know, up and down, in and out stuff. I mean, you ain't going to have time for any of that because you're going to be, the whole time it's like, you're going to be going, whoa, 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 right? You ain't going to be wandering with your mind because it's just everything around you is just nothing but God. Amen. So you're already above. Okay, anyway. You determine. What you're going to think on right here and now. It's your choice. What kind of life do you want? Well, I'd rather appear with him in glory. I'd rather, I'd rather walk in a manifestation of his full attributes right now. I'd like to be Christ-like right now. I'd like to have what he has, amen, manifesting in my life and around my life. Come on, somebody. Anybody else in agreement with that? Yeah. All right. Let's look at another reference here. Let's uh, back to uh, Romans 8. Amen. Have I ever told you how much I love Romans 8? All right. Romans 8. For those who live according to the natural, the flesh, it literally means human, human being or human nature. In other words, those that live according to the flesh, well, well, why is that? Well, because they've set their mind on the things of the flesh. In other words, my flesh just gives me fits. Well, it's because you, you think about that stuff. 
Well, I don't try to. Well, maybe you don't. You know, maybe you're, you know, you're, you know, inside you, I want to do the right thing. I want to, but see, you have to determine what you're going to think on. And if you're going to sit here and think about, you know, about, about, you know, booze, it's probably inevitable. Somewhere along the line, you're going to, come on, go take a drink of booze. Somebody says, well, you know, uh, I don't want to do that. Well, then stop thinking about it. Well, pastor, it's not easy. I never said it was going to be easy, but I said it's doable. You have to determine what you're going to think about. Now, well, again, I'm getting ahead of myself. Here we go. But those who live according to the Spirit, amen, the, the breath of God, the wind of God, the, the Spirit of God, those that live according to that, well, they, what they, well, how is that? Well, it's because they, the implication is, that they've set their mind on the things of the Spirit. So the more you set your mind on higher things, the more you begin to walk out those things. Amen. Verse 6, please. Amen. To be carly minded or fleshly minded or earthly minded, we could say, or naturally minded, whew, it's death. That's just horrible. The word means ruin or destruction. Okay? So... In other words, what he's talking about is you get on a road. And if that's what you're going to think, then you hop on a road, and, and, and the end of that road is not good. But those that are spiritually minded, who set their mind on, on higher things, the word says it, it, it ends somewhere else. It ends in a thing called life and peace. Now, again, the word life here is the word zoe. That's what this one is. It just means absolute life or the God kind of life or the abundant life. Amen. The word peace, arene, which... The, the same word in the Hebrew is shalom, okay, which just means wholeness, uh, everything working, nothing missing, everything in order. Are you still hearing me? So he says, if you will just start putting your mind on things above, I'll bring you into a thing called this Zoe life and peace. Still with me? Now, let's, let's just take a back step here for a second. Uh, the word says that we're not, we're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices, right? The word devices, when you break it down in the Greek, it just, it literally means head trips because that's what the enemy does. He's so good at it. I mean, that's really all he has to do. When you understand the principle, the law of the mind, that's all he has to do. It's just play head trips with you because if he can get you to go down some other avenue, come on, somebody, then he wins. He doesn't have to do anything except put a thought. I mean, sometimes we go along, we think, well, the devil did this, and the devil did that, and the devil did this, and the devil did that, and, and don't get me wrong, we know the source of it all, amen, but most of the time, it's just based on some thoughts, and everybody just hook, line, and sinker jumped in, and then they begin to play it out, and then your own life, your whole life is, is going down some road that you got no business going down, and it ends up in a, a thing called ruin and destruction and death, and nobody wants that. Everybody wants life and peace. Everybody wants life and peace. Non-Christians and Christians alike. Everybody wants what life and peace says. What it is. Everybody wants it. And he says you can have it. But you're going to have to determine what you're going to set your mind on. What you're going to think about. What you're going to aim your attention on. What are you going to entertain your mind with? What are you going to, uh, you know, uh, what are you going to uh, point your mind towards? 
Are you going to be thinking about just you, or are you going to be thinking about higher things? Are you going to be thinking about what makes you mad, or are you going to be thinking about higher things? Are you going to think about what makes you, you know, that, that, that you're offended about, or are you going to think about higher things? Come on. Now listen, we're not denying the existence of all the things that goes on. There might have been things that have happened to you that should have never happened. There might have been something said that should have never been said. There might have been somewhere along the line you were overlooked and should have never been overlooked. There might have been things that happened that, 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 that we, we, we will not deny the fact it's out there. It, it happened, and we're not making light of it. We're not justifying. We're not any, but we're saying, listen, what kind of life do you want? I'd rather have life and peace. So we're not ignorant of Satan's device. That's how he works. He works with head trip. Now, the scripture also says in Ephesians 6, it says that put on the whole armor of God that, that you might be able to stand against a thing called the wiles of the devil, okay? And um, so really what the word wiles is, the Greek word is methodia, okay? We get a word method or, uh, you know, but it, be, it literally means uh, the, the, the plan of attack or the schemes used. But get this, it means roads taken. And what it means is the enemy, he knows how it all works. We're not trying to elevate him. We're just trying to show you. If you understand and you're not ignorant how Satan works, then he doesn't control your life. But if you're ignorant of how he works, he'll beat you up all day long, drag you under the bus, back the bus up, and hit you again. And you just stand there going, God, why are you doing this to me? And the whole time, it wasn't God doing it to you. But if you don't know that, you know, and that's what the enemy counts on, okay? Now, so what the enemy works with is head trips and roadways. So the idea is to get you on a, a roadway, all right? We, lots of times we call it mindset. So we call it, you know, uh, you know, just, you know, pathway of thinking, all right? And so what the enemy tries to do is get you on that. Why? Because, you know, he knows how to push your buttons. So he gets you going, gets you thinking something, and next thing you know, you're going down some road you got no business being on. And then you get to the end of that road and you go, ruin, destruction, death. Well, I didn't want that. God. And God says, I ain't on that road. And I didn't ask you to get on that road. And because you're on that road don't mean you turn around and blame God or anybody else because you made a decision to get on that road. So God's over here on this other road. And it's named, a street named Life and Peace. Everybody wants on that road. I like life. I like peace. I love this road. Of course you do. That's why God says, get on it. Come with me on this road. Well, I'd rather think on this. Well, then I don't know what to do for you. You want to be on that road. But that road don't end good. Now, listen, some roads are, you know, we'd like to think that all roads are long and lengthy, but some, some roads, some streets are like a block long. Now, listen, so, I mean, you jump on the street you shouldn't be on, you might go one block down the road and thump into destruction and ruin. So 
No, never, ever, ever, never do you want to be on that street or that road. I don't want to be carnally minded. I don't want to set my mind on natural natural things. I don't want to set my mind on what makes me mad all the time. I don't want to set my mind on what offends me all the time. I don't want to set my mind on doing everything in my own strength. I don't want to set my mind on things that are not above. I'd rather set my mind on the blessing, not the curse. On freedom. Yeah. And not, you know, bondage. But it's up to you. Somebody said, well, pastor, come on. You know, I, I got all this and I got that. Listen, remember, remember in the beginning, God is not denying that you have things to do here on planet Earth. God is not denying that you have a family, you have kids, you have a job, you got bills to pay. He understands all that. He understands that you got, you know, only 24 hours in a day. Nobody understands that better than he does. He designed it. Come on. Now, he ain't held by time, but he designed it to work a certain way. You know, when you stop and you think about it, there's probably a real reason for that. Some people would work themselves to death if there wasn't. Come on. Anyway, I'll leave that alone. But the point is, there's 24 hours in a day. God is very much aware of how much time there is in a day. Now, all he's asking is, come with me on this road. And I guarantee you the 24-hour time period isn't going to hang you up. And I guarantee you that that family issue isn't going to hang you up. And I guarantee you that that marriage thing isn't going to hang you up. That that health issue isn't going to hang you up. That that financial issue isn't going to hang you up. If you get on the road with me, it ends good. But you got to get on the road with me. I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to make you. It's your choice what you think about, what you meditate on. But you determine the street you're going to get on. You do. All right? But don't get mad at God or the preacher or the church or your spouse or your boss or anybody else because you made a decision to get on some road you got no business being on. Is anybody hearing me? See, where do we want to go with this? Give me verse 7. Let's try that. Because the carnal mind, get this, the carnal mind, the fleshly mind, the earthly mind, in other words, you want, to, you want to think on whatever you want to think on, then it says that it becomes enmity against God. It wars with God. For it is not subject to the law of the principles of God, nor indeed can be. Why? Because you're on the wrong road. So you don't get, you just get to get on whatever road you want to get on and then think it's all going to work out because you made Jesus Lord of your life or because you have fire insurance. Remember, the principle works for whosoever. Just because you're a preacher don't mean that you're exempt from it. Because you're a leader in the church don't make you exempt from this. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean all of a sudden you're exempt from it. It works for every person on the planet because it's a spiritual principle set in motion. What you decide to give your attention to, what you aim your mind at, will determine what street you get on. Now, praise the Lord for mercy. Praise the Lord that when you recognize you're on the wrong street, woo! thank you, Lord, I went on the other street, praise the Lord. Then get on the other street. 
Nowhere does it say in there you have to finish that road. But it does say that if you stay on it, oh, it'll finish. And it won't be pretty. But you have to understand that when you make a decision to get on some road, then no matter what God tries to do, you're fighting with him. God, the whole time is wooing you to come on over to, to uh, Life and Peace Street. Come over to Life and Peace Street. Come over to Life and Peace. Come over to Life and Peace Street. I want to do my own thing. Put them up. Put them up. That's what enmity means. Totally what it means. To literally like go to blows and fight. I'm not doing nothing, you tell me. And most of the time, we, we, you know, we're not, you know, as Christians, we wouldn't, be, we wouldn't be caught being that ornery with God. But God says it's a principle that when you make a decision, you're going to set your mind on it, then it automatically does this with God. The whole time God's trying to woo you on to life in Peace Street, but because the carnal mind is dictating now, it's not even subject to the principle of God, nor indeed can be. How much is riding on just what you set your mind on? It's, it's amazing. Whew. Anybody with me today? Are you glad you came out? Put Ephesians 4, 17, let's do that. <clears throat> this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk or conduct life. Uh, walk as a companion with, it means, uh, to walk alongside. And it was just living life. You're just walking along, doing things, okay? No longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. Now, the word Gentile, uh, of course, uh, it just means he without God. Okay. Now, how many know you were a Gentile at one time? Now, of course, a Jewish race might still consider you a Gentile, but in God, you're no longer a Gentile because you're no longer without God. So at one time, so remember now, he's talking to the church at Ephesus. Now he's talking to believers, and he's warning them. Listen, don't conduct your life like you used to. This is not how it works anymore. See? No longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Literally means incapable of producing right results. Inutility or futility, it means incapable of producing right results. So he says that when you make a decision, you're just going to live and walk and conduct life, and, and which we're going to see in a second, setting your mind on the same things they all did or the same things you used to do. He says, don't think for one second that you're going to all of a sudden live different than they did or that they do. Listen, we're not taking away your salvation. You still got fire insurance. But why in the world would you, you know, want to spend all your, you know, your 70, 80, 100 years here on planet Earth living like hell on Earth? Why, why live that way? And that's what he's trying to bring out. He says, listen, if you make a decision that you're just going to walk like everybody else does uh, without God, then you're not going to get anything different than what they're getting. Even as a Christian. 
You have access to everything. I mean, you have access to, to the, the resources of heaven. And yet, because we want to just think like the, the rest of the world or like we used to think, and the whole time we miss out. Listen, Hebrews 12 makes it real clear. He said, listen, don't think for one second that what happened to the children of Israel and they're, they're wasting 40 years wandering in a wilderness won't happen to you. Talking to you in a new covenant, under a new covenant. The same thing that happened to them can happen to you. Do you really want to spend the next 40 years wandering in some wilderness? And the whole time, they had a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. They had a meeting place, a tent of meeting out there. They could have come and entered into And the whole time, wandering in a wilderness because of the way they wanted to think. Verse 18, having their understanding, remember talking about the Gentile, having their understanding darkened, here we go, being alienated from the, what, life of God. The word alienated means a non-participant. He said because of the ignorance that was in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Now, he, remember in context, he says, this is what, how the, what, this is what the Gentiles have. But said, if you're going to walk and think, like they do, then you have the same, same results. The word is clear that nothing can separate you from the love of God, from the love of God. But the word is also just as clear that you make the decision whether you're going to walk in the life of God. That's your, that's your choice. Nothing separates you from the love. You will always, no matter what road you get on, you can turn at any second and go, God! He goes, Son! Because nothing separates you from the love of God. But there is plenty that will separate you from the life of God. And I want the life of God. Not just the love of God. Amen. Praise God for that. But I want the life of God. Amen. So the point being is where you set your mind, where you decide, amen, to, to meditate and think on. Still with me? All right, let's look at another reference here, praise God. Uh, turn with me to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's look at that, 2 Corinthians 10. Common text, kind of already kind of briefly touched on it. Uh, verse 3, I'm going to go there because of everything we've already read. For though we walk in the flesh, in other words, even though we have to conduct life in this natural body, you know, someday, praise the Lord, this old earth suit's just going to fall off. The absence in the body is present with the Lord. One day the old earth suit will fall off. Probably even get a moment or two. Oops, I missed up the mic. I messed up the mic, didn't I? Sorry about that. Forgot about that. Of course, the day I throw my jacket off, the day we decide to hook it on my jacket. Let me get this back on. All right, can you hear me again? All right, that's all good. We made it. Well, normally I hook it on my tie, but today I had it on my jacket. Anyway, the point is, praise God. We, someday we just throw that old thing off. Amen. And it's not going to be any, any problem for us. Amen. Isn't that good? But right now, we still have it. 
you still have it. We're still walking on planet Earth. So even though we walk, you know, we are here in the natural, but we don't have to war according to the natural. We don't have to conduct our life by the natural. So then he says in verse 4 here, he goes, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshly. They're not earthly. He's given you his word. He's given you the spirit of God. He's given you the armor of God. I mean, he's given you so many things. He's given you the ability. Amen. Listen, the ability to use words out your mouth to work for you, not against you. That's a, that's a weapon that you can use. Amen. Now, it can work for you or it can work against you. But he said his weapons are of warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God. Here we go for pulling down strongholds. For pulling down strongholds. Mindsets, really what it's talking about here in context. Because verse 5, then it starts clarifying it. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Here we go. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This is what he's dealing with. Okay, let's just, just real quick uh, put uh, verse 5 back up there. Okay, so bringing every thought. Why does, it, why does it say bringing every thought into captivity? Somebody said it. Because we can. So somebody would say, oh, no, no man. Not like Brother Hagin used to say, he said, you know, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head. I mean, that, they're there. Thoughts come, they go, come on. But you can keep them from nesting in your hair. So what God's trying to tell you, listen, you can't stop all the thoughts that try to come, but what you can do is take authority over the ones that do come. And you can determine. So, amen, you take it into captivity. So it means literally like that thought comes, it's like you grab that little booger and you say, okay, what are you doing? Well, I'm looking at my thought. Okay, is that a God thought? Nope. Cast her down. Oh, another one. God thought? Yeah, it's a God thought. Now, somebody say, well, come on, brother, that's weird. Is it so weird? You do it all the time. You determine what you're going to think about every day. You might be kind of, you know, it might be kind of random. And some of you, I know it is real random. I get it. Okay. Okay. So, if, right? But we still do. We determine. We determine what we're going to think about. And so it, it isn't that you can't do it. It's just we're not really disciplined yet in doing it. So you have to learn, amen, to take every thought captive and go, you know what? All that does is makes me mad. It ain't of God. Cast her down. Now, uh, back up, verse 4. And I just want to just, uh, everybody say, pulling down. Okay, go to verse 5. Go to verse 5 again, thank you. Uh, everybody say, casting down. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, pulling down, casting down. Every argument, every high thing that tries to exalt itself against uh, the knowledge of God or the ways of God or the principles of God, bringing every thought into captivity. To, everybody say captivity. All right. To the obedience of Christ. Verse 6. Give me verse 6. Here we go. And being ready to. Whoa, 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 whoa. 
Okay, let's do it again. Go back up verse 4. <laughs> Being ready to punish. <laughs> do a little Bruce Lee on him, amen. Anyway, there ain't nothing about any of those words that you said. There ain't nothing, nothing about them words that is, stop it. Leave me alone. I'm telling. This ain't fair. You knock it off. Stop it. Stop pushing on me. There ain't nothing in those verses that some mealy mouth panty waist, come on, some kind of, you know, sissified uh, little, war- this is warfare we're talking about. Every one of them words, if you look them up, they're all aggressive. They're like, ah! If you didn't get it, ha! Now, so, back to verse 5. Whew. Casting down arguments. The word arguments, okay, just means, uh, literally means uh, assumptions. It means um, um, imaginations. Um, so, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, you, you mention imagination, a lot of people get all weirded out, mostly because most everybody's used their imagination for the wrong thing. But God designed the imagination, and it should work for you, not against you. You meditate on the scriptures, amen. God will show you things as you begin to meditate on his ways and his word. All of a sudden, he'll, he'll, he'll show you, man, as if you've been there, praise God. He'll use your imagination for the right things. Now, but for the most part, we have, you know, in our life have conducted uh, our thought processes. And by the way, we never live beyond our most predominant thoughts. It's the way it is. And so most of the time, our imaginations and our assumptions kind of go down a road they shouldn't be on. And he says, when you figure that out, you got to take it down. You got to break it down. You got to demolish it. You got to take it down and take it out. If anything, you hit it with the bus, back over it again, hit it again, and if it still twitches, do it again. Somebody says, Oh, God, he's so aggressive. Ah, that's his problem. Ah. Listen, because, because if you don't do it, remember, if you don't take it into captivity, it'll take you into captivity. And remember, this worketh for everybody. I've seen the best by just letting their thoughts go down some road they got no business being on. And they sit there and... Mm, mm, mm. And he's just using you like a speed bag. Come on, somebody. Get the double Anyway. That's what happens. And so, and then you're caught up in this. Next thing you know, it starts directing your behaviors. It starts directing your words. And then our words and our behaviors produce other results. And then we get all mad because... Where's God? The whole time God says, I ain't on that road. 
I've already told you what happens when you get on that road. And you're experiencing what comes out of that road. Come on, somebody. Get on the right road. And all you got to do is change what you set your mind on. Put Isaiah 26 up here. You will keep him in perfect peace. There's that word shalom. Actually, that word perfect peace, it, it, when you read it in the Hebrew, it's, it's shalom, shalom. Shalom, shalom. Some parts of the world, they, they go around, that's what they, how they greet each other. Amen. And I've, you've maybe heard me talk this many times, but in our parts of the world, we ask each other how we're doing. And five minutes later, wish we wouldn't have. Right? I mean, most people, you know, now, so yeah, you know, it's all, it's all good. We're, everything's cool. Or whatever. Little emoji. Anyway. <laughs> but uh, in, in other parts of the world, that's, you know, they tell each other how they're doing. Shalom, shalom. And they turn to each other, shalom, shalom. It just means whole, complete, everything working. Amen. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Everything in divine order. Amen. They tell each other how they're doing. Well, what does that produce? Well, a mind stayed on. That's, you, when you're telling each other how you're doing, you're doing good. You might be saying, you're thinking your mind wants to go, I ain't doing so good. And they come up and say, you're doing great. I am? Yes, you are. You're on top. You're the head, not the tail. Above only and not beneath. Yeah. So whose mind has stayed on you, amen, keep him in perfect peace, whose mind has stayed on you, why? Because he trusts in you. Who do you trust in? Keep your mind on it. Where does your confidence lie? If it's in him, then keep your mind stayed on him. Okay, let's try another one. That didn't go so good. Let's try another one. Let's try um, Philippians 4. Thank you. Finally, brethren, in case you don't get anything else, hopefully you'll get this. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true. Now, how many know there's a lot of things out there that are not true? In fact, on planet Earth, there's probably more things that are not true than are true. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, honorable. I mean, no, not everything out there is honorable. There's a lot of stuff out there, a lot of dishonor out there. I mean, it's just ah, kind of rampant out there. But there are stuff that are, that are honorable. There are things that are noble. Whatever things are just. Right. Come on, somebody. Not everything out there is, but there are things that are. Whatever things are pure or clean. Now, not everything out there is pure. Not everything out there is clean, but there are things that are. Whatever things are lovely. Not everything out there is lovely. Oh, my God. But there are things that are lovely. Whatever things are of good report. I mean, really, if you stop and think about it, that was the dem- that was the beginning of the demise of, of the children of Israel is they received the evil report, bought into it, and accepted it. That's where their mind went. So they decided to all jump on that road. Two guys of the ten spies that ca- or of the twelve spies that came back, two of those men, amen, kept their mind in the right place, 
and you, you know, you stop and you think about this. Um, you know, we got 12 guys, okay, 12 men who were, who were picked. I mean, it wasn't even God that really picked them. He said, you choose among yourself a leader, uh, your tribe. So a whole tribe, and we're talking, you know, could literally be hundreds of thousands in a tribe. And they pick one man that represents them. Right? So anyway, so they all picked a man. Every tribe had a man. They all go in. They go in there for a while, season. They check out the line, spy out the land. They come back. Two of them are like, whoa! The other ten are like, you know, God was right. I mean, it's really cool. It's really nice. Everything's good. But, right? And I'm thinking to myself, how did that happen? The same way it always happens. They're all walking back, talking, you know. Oh, that's pretty cool. But see, look at the fruit. I mean, look at the, I mean, man, wow, God's going to give us this. This is amazing. And, you know, as they're talking, pretty soon it's just Joshua and Caleb walking ahead. Them two are still going at it, man. God, awesome, man. I'm taking land, man. The other ten are back and going, pretty big, and it's going to be work. Now listen, the other two are up front going, hua, 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 hua. you got 10 more walking behind going, you know, we're going to have to bring our families into this. We could lose a family member. Two up front, hua, hua, hua. 10. lot to ask. So they all get to where they got to get to in front of everybody. And they all agreed on one thing. What God said was right. It's amazing. It's truly a promised land. But the cities are fortified. The people are huge. In fact, it says they're all huge. They're all massive. We're nothing but grasshoppers in their sight. It's amazing. Right, right? Come on. That is no different than what happens to you and me today. Going along, going, I just don't know. I know God said I could do it, but good night. I mean, you know, last time I did it, I fell flat on my face. I got embarrassed. And I just, I just don't know if I can really do all this stuff. And I just, my gosh, I mean, there's no way. Have you, have you, uh, there's no way. Just look at me. You really think I can do any of this? Are you crazy? You got on the wrong road, dude. You're hanging out on the wrong street. God says you can do all things through Christ. But if you don't watch it, pretty soon you start meditating on something, and pretty soon it's just like always, it, it, it gets magnified, and all of a sudden it's like, <gasps> and God says, stop living by natural means. Stop looking at all the natural stuff. If you want to rise above it, if you want to conquer, if you want to overcome, if you want to reign in life, then you can't be thinking like that. If you think like that, you end up on the wrong road. I want you on life and peace. And you get down in the end, you go, I just don't understand. Where's God in all this? God said, yo, dude, I'm over here. Get over here on this street. 
Whatever things are of good report. Of course, you know, Joshua and Caleb, they tried to stop it. They tried to hit it off at the pass and say, no, listen, let's go right now. I love it because this is what they're trying to The only way we're going to get, we got to go now. Let's go now. God said do it. Let's do it now. Oh, no. Listen, you know, the, the, you, you know like movies, you kind of listen to movies, and there's things going on, and there's a, a dialogue going on, and they're maybe in a, you know, in a building or something, or in an office, or they're in something, and, and they got a dialogue going on, and even though you got two people talking, and that's what the, you know, the mics are in on two people, and, and pulling up that conversation, but you always hear, just lightly hear in the background, Right? And pro- chances are they're probably not even saying it. They're probably doing that. Because <laughs> it's the effect, right? There's, there's background noise, right? Come on. No different what's going on there. Joshua and Caleb go, we can do this. We can take it. Let's go. God said we can do it. We can do it. They're all Can't do it. There's no way we're gonna do it. There's no way, man. We just like grass. If they said the word grass, I would say we're grass because you know we we voted that guy in, and you know he tells us that we can't do it. He said he said we can't do it. We can't. The whole time God says you can do it, but he said we can't. Right? Now it's no different. This is the way it works. All you do is listen to one report and go, ah! right? A lot of theatrics today, isn't it? Spent a little time in Warner Brothers this week, so that's a. Anyway, so that's what you get. Anyway, but anyway, the point is, the point is, that's what happens, okay? You, you, you hear one report, and you get caught up in a report. It's an evil report. God says, meditate on the good report. Get your mind on the good report, not the evil report. Just think, what if they would all said, listen, now, I don't know if you've ever done it, but I think I've done it before in a service here before. I've taken, I've read you all the, I've read you all 12 names of those 12 spies. And you don't know any of the other 10. They're like some weird name, like, Hill Goggle. Hill, 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 Hill. Just weird names, you know. But anyway, <laughs> right? They're just all weird names. Well, because you don't know those names. But if you would have grew up, if all 12 of them came back one, let's do it! We didn't know, we'd all know their names, but we don't know Ilgogal. But we all know Joshua, and we all know Caleb, because they were the only two of the 12 that came back with the good report and said, we can do it. And they were the only two that got to go into the promised land of that generation. So now he asks you, under the new covenant. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue or if there's anything praiseworthy, I love that. If there are uh, yeah, good report. If there's any, vir- I love it. If there's any virtue out there, there's got to be out there somewhere some virtue. And if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on those things. Excuse me, sir, but I have other things going on. I know that. We don't deny that. It's 
excuse me, sir, I have a job. Have you ever worked where I work? Have you ever been married to the person I'm married to? Huh? Have you ever had my kids? Huh? Have you ever had to work a day in your life, buddy? Finally, brethren. Finally. Whatever things are true. Things are noble. He didn't ask. He didn't even suggest that there's things out there that are not. He knows it. He, he knows there's all kinds of other things going on. That's why he says you have to purpose to set your mind on the right stuff. And he goes on in verse 9 talking about if you do this and live this, the peace of God comes on you. Verse 7 explains that peace of God. It says the peace of God that has surpassed even your own thinking that will guard your heart and it will guard your mind. That if you will put your mind on the right stuff, the peace of God comes on the scene. Nothing missing, nothing broken, everything in divine order, everything whole, everything working. And he said all you got to do is keep your mind Stayed on the right thing. And I will keep you on that road. Listen, he doesn't deny there's pressure, doesn't deny there's obstacles, doesn't deny you got things to deal with. But he says, if you will just stay on this road, it will end right. It'll end good. But when you get off that road, can't promise you anything except probably destruction. What are you going to think on? I think we'll close it with that. What are you going to think on? What do you choose to set your mind on? Set your mind on things above. Let me um, just say this. <clears throat> and he's kind of, you know, he, he defines the above. Where Christ is, where Christ is. Okay, now if if Jesus, if if you had an awareness, because Jesus is with you, come on somebody, right? But if you had an awareness of Jesus being with you, would you think on that? No, I'm talking about, you know, whatever it is, it's coming. I could be good or bad, but you have to stop and ask yourself. If, if what I'm thinking of right now is nothing but doom and gloom and destruction and negativity or whatever, if Jesus walked in the room, if, if, would that be something you'd, be, you'd continue to meditate on? If you're driving down the road in your truck or car or bike, whatever, and Jesus is, you know, decide he's going to ride with you, Get the picture. Not, right? I don't need no debate on whether God's with you or not. I'm, all of a sudden, he's physically sitting by you. Would you really sit and discuss that? Listen, come on. I, I, I'm not trying to be hard. I'm not trying to be rude, mean, or nothing. But, I mean, some of you, you change what you're doing, saying, whatever. When I walk in the room, and I'm just a preacher man. 
And all of a sudden, hey, Pastor, everything's right, man. I'm doing really good. Man. Oh, conquering, overcoming. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. You all got the Christianese down. Listen, I'm not picking on anybody, but it's a fact. When I walk in a room, you're usually going to say, ah, oh, yeah, I just want you to know I hate that guy over there. I can't stand what he's doing here, and God, I'd like to kill him. I tell you, I just can't stand it. He wouldn't do that. Most people wouldn't. So my thought is, if, if I'm going to set my mind on things above where Christ is, part of that, you know, in my mind, it, it kind of computes that then if that's not going on around him, then why would I want it going on around me? If that's not something I would do if I knew that I was very much aware that he was sitting next to me, then why would I want to do it any other time? It's just a thought of heaven. But, you know, remember, this thing's about disciplining ourselves to take authority over our thoughts, to take that thought captive. And sometimes you got to do whatever it takes to get yourself to a place where you get disciplined on grabbing that thought and say, you know what? I don't need to be thinking on this. Cast it down. That doesn't, that doesn't, uh, that doesn't eliminate whatever's going on per se. Come on. But you made a decision. I ain't going to meditate on that. Sometimes we think we're justified. And God says, what road do you want to get on? You could, you, could, you could say it all day long. I'm justified in my thoughts. Fine. Then get on that road. But you're going to find a little ways down the street, this is not a road I want to be on. So he gives you an out. He says, set your mind on things above. And let me take care of all that. Let me help you through that. Let me help you deal with that. Let me help you work through all that stuff. Amen. So that when you get to the end of this street, all you experience is abundant life and the peace of God. Like you're supposed to. You determine what you're going to think of. You determine what street you're going to get. Get some today. Give the Lord a praise. Come on. <clears throat> Why don't you all stand up? <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Father, we give you praise and glory today for, for this principle. Hallelujah. Forgive us for the times that we've kind of let it work against us. We thank you, Lord, that as your word says, that when we repent and ask for forgiveness, that you're faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, Father, we just right now just take a minute and I just... Father, forgive us for thinking on the things we got no business thinking on. We just give you praise for your mercy. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. We choose to set our mind on things above. Let you work out whatever needs to be worked out here. Father, we give you praise for that. Our heart is to stay on the street of life and peace. Get off and stay off. 
the road of ruin and destruction. So, Father, we thank you for the awareness of this, the principle of it, for the revelation of it. We give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a praise, if you will. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.